Welcome to A to Z Sports powered by TennesseeTickets.com. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Buck Rising in for Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at A to Z Sports, YouTube, A to Z Sports, uh, Twitch, uh, Facebook, everything, wherever you're at. We got the quadruple broadcast <clears throat> going this morning. Uh, don't forget our sponsors make everything happen for our show, for our business, and you guys, TennesseeTickets.com, the place to trust when buying tickets this fall for football games. Because if you buy a ticket right now and fans can't go, then you will get your actual money back with TennesseeTickets.com, unlike StubHub and other ticket companies like them, TennesseeTickets.com. Renters Warehouse, the professional landlords in the Nashville area. Renterswarehouse.com is where to go to find out how much your home can rent for. Uh, Mandu, the pulse of fitness where one 15-minute workout of full-body electronic muscle simulation simulates five-plus hours in the weight room. Your first workout is free at Mandu.com. The Tucker Agency, saving you an average of buck 20% off of your personal insurance if you go to TuckerTN.com and Calvin and Subtle. You've been staring at your hardwood floors or your floors in your house. Maybe you've been beating them up since you've been home for the last three months every day. Oh, I had brand new ones at the start of the pandemic, and now I've literally just run through them. I'm going to need I'm going to need somebody to come finish my hardwood floors soon. Well, there you go. CalvinandSettle.com, hardwood and finishing. CalvinandSettle.com, the best in the Middle Tennessee area. So, Buck, uh, you are not a Vol fan. You did not go to Tennessee. You did, however, uh, go to Indiana, who the Vols beat in the bowl game. And you- Why, that was such a necessary shade to start this show. I Look. come here as a guest. You throw it in my face. That, By the way, my hair looks great. I don't know if anybody's paid attention to how fast this grew back, but since the your mighty Tennessee Volunteers bested my Indiana Hoosiers in bowl, uh, bowl combat, yes. uh, I think I have regained my follicles pretty well at this point. Yes, there you are. I agree. Uh, I got a haircut the other day, and it was a lot shorter than ever any haircut I've ever gotten before. Oh, so, it feels so good. <laughs> it does. It does feel nice. So, but so you don't really. You've just started. You're like a year into paying attention to vault football when it comes to social media and what Jeremy Pruitt has done, and really something new this spring with Big Cat at Barstool and Coach Doug's. Uh, how much have you been paying attention to Coach Doug's with Big Cat in uh, NCAA football, video game coach? How much have you been paying attention to that? Because yesterday, uh, Coach Doug's uh, beat Kentucky to go 12-0. and Today, this afternoon at 2 o'clock Central Time, he plays Zach's Ole Miss Rebels oh, in the SEC title game. And number one, Tennessee and Coach Doug's have a chance to play for a BCS title game at some point if they beat Ole Miss. But what has been your experience of following the Coach Doug story? So a lot of times when Big Cat is streaming these games, the primetime show is on. So I don't necessarily catch them live, but I've certainly been engulfed by the conversation around the Tennessee Volunteers, just their offseason in general and how much Doug's has uh, kind of kind of brought the profile of the team in a, in a time where there's nothing really other than bad stuff going on with uh, with assistant coaches at Clemson getting popped for using racial slurs and all of these kinds of things going on in college football. The Vols and the profile of this particular, at this historic college football franchise, because it is a franchise, and Barstool is helping further that franchise. So everything that's gone around, it's impossible to ignore. And we're going to talk about this a little later on as we as we get further and further into the conversation, just how 
just how good it is that people have been across the country unable to ignore the Tennessee Volunteers because Barstool Sports is constantly hammering that brand into people's minds because so many people are paying attention to Barstool and Big Cat. Right, and it is crazy because I remember uh, it was after uh, Coach Doug squeaked past UConn in week three of this season a couple weeks ago, which is I was watching live. It was UConn. a rain. It was a rain game. It was a trap game. It was the day before the game against Florida, which was an instant classic. And Coach Doug and Big Cat was on the stream in the second half when he was struggling with UConn, saying. I can't lose to UConn and sell shirts. You cannot. Because right after he ended up beating UConn, Barstool Sports and University of Tennessee uh, showed that they had a partnership, a licensing agreement, the first licensing agreement with Barstool Sports and a major college university together on T-shirts. And all of a sudden you see T-shirts, long sleeve shirts, uh, hoodies, sweatshirts, tanks, that Big Cat tweeted out that Vol fans were eating up because they looked pretty good. I did not purchase one, but they looked pretty good overall. And I saw Barstool CEO Erica saying how how it takes a fake video game football coach for Barstool to create a relationship with a major university, and Tennessee was right there to take advantage of it. Well, and honestly, it's a it's it's a, an indictment of every other college that this that has kind of attached themselves to what coach Doug's and Barstool are doing because Tennessee in a time where everybody is looking for new revenue streams and they're having to uh, 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 shutter a lot of athletic a lot of athletic programs at a lot of other universities now power five schools aren't going to be affected as much as a lot of uh, group of five schools will be but the University of Tennessee is smart enough and and uh, and aware enough to take advantage of the fact that Barstool, this this army that Barstool has created, they will literally do almost anything and probably anything. The more that uh, El Presidente pushes them to, will do just about anything that their uh, their commander in chiefs tell them to do, and that is buy T-shirts. And so, why shouldn't Tennessee make a percentage off of this in a time where nobody is doing anything but sitting on their hands? and figuring out how to trim $4 million out of the athletic department budget. Like right. this is, this is an incredible accomplishment, but there, but we, and as we're going to talk about over the course of this show, cause we'll get to recruiting rankings later, but they have had success Austin on, on, well, not on the field, but in the realm of actual football when it comes to the 2021 recruiting class this year. And I think that there is an argument to be made between these two things, which has actually helped the program more, you can make you can make the case for one long term, one immediate. But I yeah. think there is a legitimate conversation to be had between the fact that the Tennessee Volunteers, in actual recruiting for 2021, have the number two class in the country right now. Yeah, and so we'll talk about recruiting here later on because I did see a comment uh, today. Uh, Josh brings up the first decommitment, making room for higher ranked players. I assume we will discuss that that process later in the show. Uh, but there's a reason why Buck and I are having this discussion this morning. It's because yesterday I saw this graph on Twitter uh, from Skull Sparks where it's talking about uh, it's talking about the app, the engagement for college football Twitter accounts. And you see right there, the Vols are really high up there. As you see the graph, Alabama, the highest engagement per tweet. But because you have to add in the volume of tweets, Tennessee tweeting 
not quite four times per day. Alabama tweeting a half a time per day, which seems like Nick Saban should be even more mad at. They're even tweeting that much. But (laughs) Alabama is getting a lot of engagement when it comes to Twitter. But look at where the Vols are. The Vols have the most engagement on Twitter in in the last month than any other college football program. And if you look to the right of that Tennessee power T, you see the double T's of Texas Tech. Hey, Buck, where did Coach Doug's coach at before coaching the Vols? Well, I do believe he was down in Lubbock, Texas, yes. smothering barbecue sauce on uh, on whatever Coach Doug's is doing in his spare time, and I'm sure it involves barbecue sauce. Yes. Coach Doug's was previously in Lubbock, Texas, before taking his talents to rock. And so you see the barstool effect right there uh, in what is happening with Texas Tech social media engagement, what's happening with the Tennessee Volunteer social media engagement. And so here's the question we want to ask you uh, today, because I do think it's a good question, because there's been a lot of positivity when it comes to talking about the Tennessee Vols. And so the question is, what has been the Vols' greatest success this spring? What has been the Vols' greatest success this spring, and we'll get to your answers and Buck's answer here in a second. But first, I'm going to tell you about Mandu. Mandu is the pulse of fitness where one 15-minute workout of full-body electronic muscle stimulation simulates five-plus hours in the weight room. How can 15 minutes equal five hours? It's because of the science. You're activating 98% of your muscle fibers. You're getting deep within those muscles. You're gaining functional strength and uh, you look good after it too. And with the in-body analysis, you help track your progress. I'm brag by Austin's family look, there. Look, man, I have uh, lost over 20 pounds of fat in almost one year because of what Mandu has able, been able to show me. Your first workout is absolutely free. It's the perfect time to take advantage of that first free workout at mandu.com. Yes, and after you go uh, take advantage of all of the fine services that the people at Mandu have to offer, it only takes you 15 minutes, and so you can spend the rest of the time that you have saved in the efficiency of your workout listening to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. We're talking Vols today. We have a big orange podcast that comes out in the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed every Monday. I, on the 615 Sessions podcast, recently spoke with former Vols quarterback Jonathan Crompton about the passing of Tennessee icon and legend Johnny Majors. We kind of took the historical angle on it, and I thought it was a really, really good conversation. The Tighten Up podcast every Wednesday. We've got a ton of great content for you there in the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed. So after you go save some time at Mandu, you go stream some podcasts because we got a bunch of great ones. There you go. So the question is, uh, what has been the Vols' uh, greatest – success this season what has been the Vols greatest success this spring excuse me uh Buck I will let you lead and go ahead and get your answers in because Jeff Rubel who's an Ohio State fan says so teams that don't win need Barstool got it no that's not the case Uh, but but Barstool can help and Barstool's audience is valuable to college football programs because it trends younger and it trends male and there's an opportunity for your brand to grow overall uh, right there. Michael Bishop says, good luck to the Duggernaut against Ole Miss this afternoon. So, Buck, what's your answer? What has been the Vols' greatest success this spring? So, the I think that it is it is what Barstool is doing with the Tennessee Volunteers. Because what you said there is something that they are trying to focus on 
in particular? And I, the easy, I see Rob on Periscope saying recruiting, and I think that you will will talk about the recruiting here in a second. And I understand that that is the more tangible on-field effect. But when you talk about branding and what Barstool brings to you, the amount of eyes that you get from Barstool, the ability to have the biggest podcaster not named Joe Rogan or Bill Simmons on the player-run podcast that Tennessee does now called The Slice, all of these things are focusing on branding. And today's recruits, they are all about the brand of these individual athletes. Now, maybe that's not necessarily the approach that you would like uh, football programs to take, right? It is about the group effort, the collective, rather than it is about the individual. But in order to get these guys to pay attention, in order to compete with Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson, which are really the only three football programs that can look down on what Tennessee is doing right now and say, now, who needs that kind of stuff? Well, everybody not named Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State could use this stuff. What Tennessee is doing is just constant positive publicity. And right now, anything that you can do positive in the hellscape that is currently our sports, <laughs> our sports world, this helps the branding of Tennessee. It helps the branding of the athletes who will be there. It helps the branding of the athletes who will interact with this. It helps the brand of the coach. All of this grows the profile of Tennessee in a way that future recruits and future 2021 recruits will not be able to ignore. And maybe it's not the tipping point in why somebody chooses Tennessee over Alabama or Tennessee over LSU, but it sure as hell helps them to get there. And I think it has a great deal to do with why they're why why they've been so successful this particular spring. Yeah, Scotty says, I mean, kids today are stuck in their phones and social media, so why not use the free I'm advertising? Yeah, and Rob says positive publicity and uh, gets Tennessee a look. Uh, and then John says tying in with Barstool is a huge get with the ability for players to make money off their names now. Barstool is great at branding. So I will say one thing that John brought up is athletes, college athletes are not yet able to use their name and likeness to, likeness to make money. That's still, I, I believe it was tabled in the last discussion, but it is in process of trying to become the reality. And when you look at what the, what the Vol athletic program has done over the last several months is they have worked hard to be ahead of the curve with that. They've tried to hire people in the athletic department that specialize in brand awareness and building brands, not for just the power T that is a strong brand, but for the individual's uh, that do play for the University of Tennessee. And if you remember this, Buck, you probably don't because you weren't paying attention to the Vols back when Trey Smith uh, committed to Tennessee. Trey Smith. Well, and frankly, I don't think you're giving me enough credit. I've been here for a long time. I know, time but, but like, point. I'm going and like. I had in, to cut up. You know how often I was working overnights at the I, radio I, station. I, know, but, I had to cut up every Butch Jones press conference. But, I am more buried in Vols content than any. Uh, uh, That's true. Maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm not giving you enough credit. But, I deserve more but this, credit. <laughs> I'm just saying this is like in the weeds recruiting stuff. No, so, I understand. So tr one of the reasons why Trey Smith chose Tennessee, he was the number one overall recruit on ESPN, which I don't weigh the same as 24-7, but he was still a five-star prospect, one of the best offensive linemen in his class from Jackson, Tennessee. Obviously, Tennessee being the in-state school was a big factor in Trey Smith coming to Tennessee and succeeding there. But one of the other things he, he talked about was building the brand of Trey Smith. It, it wasn't 
and for an offensive lineman, that's difficult to do. But I think Trey Smith and what he what he was meaning by the brand of Trey Smith is Trey Smith has been racking up awards for off the field accolades for things that he's been doing in the community, and the Vol Athletic Department is helping him do that. And so now when Trey Smith, hopefully his blood clots are okay and manageable, when Trey Smith becomes an NFL offensive lineman, now he has the ability and the knowledge of how to start his foundation wherever he gets drafted and do things in that community. And that was about his brand that Tennessee has helped him with. And now Tennessee is trying to help all their athletes if the name and likeness uh, 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 situation does get passed, Tennessee can be ahead of the curve with that as well. I think it's a win at this point with name, image, and likeness. We're trending that way, and California has kind of trailblazed that path for all of these other states to be able to incorporate this these for college athletes. Uh, but Rob points out on Periscope, even Lane Kiffin is getting involved. Balls fans hated Lane Kiffin. A lot of you still hate Lane Kiffin deep down in your soul and Lane Kiffin is helping to elevate as a as and I uh, understanding that he plays or that his team plays in the SEC West but Lane Kiffin is helping to elevate the brand of Tennessee right now and well, he's an SEC competitor. Well, and Lane Kiffin's smart like you might think Lane Kiffin's kind of sleazy, you might oh, think he's not oh, a good he is coach. He's kind of sleazy, but that's but, why I like him. <laughs> but yeah, I know, but 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 Lane Kiffin's also really smart because he knows who Tennessee's playing against in this video game SEC title. He's playing against Ole Miss. And if Lane Kiffin's like, hey, look at Ole Miss representing the SEC West, which has never happened before, Mm -hmm. uh, that that Lane Kiffin can try to take advantage of the publicity that Big Cat and Barstow have given Tennessee and create, as Louis says, the Lane train for Ole Miss uh, again as well. So, Buck, look, I agree. I, I do think Big Cat, Barstool, Coach Dougs, and the social media abilities of the Vol brand has been a great success for Tennessee this spring. And I, I, I agree that because of what this spring has been for Tennessee, it's the perfect time to take advantage of people's phones because that's where people have to be because of the coronavirus. But the best success Tennessee has had this offseason – is in recruiting because just like recruiting was shut down. Like there is no visits and there still will not be any recruiting visits over the next several weeks and months to come. So how can Tennessee adapt? They have adapted. I don't know if you caught this uh, a couple weeks ago. I think uh, ball quest did a really good story on this where there was a player that committed to Tennessee who was able to drive himself to the campus. Again, there's no visits allowed for recruiting, but the player drove himself to UT's campus. He contacted the vault coaches and staff, and they just dropped pins across campus and said, hey, recruit, go check out these 10 spots of campus and walk around and take a look for yourself. It's not a virtual one. Well, it's not a virtual tour. It's a real life tour, but it is, it is being conducted virtually. It's a yes. great idea. And and that is breaking and it's thinking ahead of the curve and Tennessee's recruiting is the best thing they've done all spring because sure. Doug's is giving them more social media engagement than any other college football program right now on Twitter. But I honestly believe Doug's picked Tennessee because they were 
relevant at the time where he was looking to go to an SEC school because of how they were recruiting. And yeah, they had the number two overall recruiting class, and we'll talk about that more here in a couple minutes. But the best thing they've done is being able to adapt to the recruiting landscape that has changed because of the coronavirus, and they're able to get commits from higher-profile recruits and build a lot of momentum when everybody else was stagnant because of the coronavirus. It's a little bit of a chicken-and-egg type situation, right? They were succeeding at recruiting. People are paying attention and discussing an SEC school. Barstool Big Cat is looking for a new SEC school to attach himself to, coming from uh, coming from the Big 12 out there. Tom on Facebook says, Tennessee is getting way too much praise for their recruiting. They filled up way too early, and Tom, you know, I think – understood that these things are not set in stone. Like the idea that Tennessee is going to have the number two recruiting class at once we get past National Signing Day uh, is is not realistic. And we will address where you think they should rank in recruiting once the 2021 class is set in stone. But at this point, as as we've discussed, there was a three-star recruit that left the Tennessee recruiting class. And somebody mentioned, and forgive me, I, I forget who mentioned it in the comments earlier, perhaps for a higher profile commit. Now, you don't know that for sure, but these situations always exist. So it, uh, we just lost one to NC State yesterday, says Rob Damastis. That's what we're talking about with Tennessee they, and, and with every college football program. At this point in the recruiting cycle, these things are not set in stone. Now, right now, Tennessee is sitting pretty on a, a couple of five stars, a handful of four stars. And, and the luxury of losing a three-star and not being too concerned about it. Yeah, and that's... This is the, the growth of the recruiting cycle for Jeremy Pruitt and company. Sure. Louis says, uh, like I said the other day, Tennessee is setting the new trend in NCAA football. Uh, that could be the case. All right, so let's get to that next conversation uh, that we are going to have. And it's about Tennessee's process of churning that recruiting class and how we feel about it. So we will uh, tell the story about what's happening with Tennessee's recruiting class and then get your opinion on what you ex- what your expectations are for the Vols recruiting class in 2021. But first, let me tell you about the Tucker Agency. Nashville's independent insurance agency, TuckerTN.com. Zach has been talking about these guys for a couple months now. Will Tucker. So here's what you do. Normally, you go to like a website and you have to – uh, you have to go through the contact page and you don't know where you're sending that email. Everybody, nobody feels comfortable sending an email through a website contact page. You can do that with tuckertn.com. But here, how about this? Just email will at tuckertn.com. Will at tuckertn.com. That will go directly to Will Tucker and he will help you save money on your personal insurance. It could be your car insurance. It could be a lot of different things. It could be renters, homeowners insurance, life insurance, whatever it might be. You're probably spending a lot of money on insurance. And right now your income is probably a little lower than it normally is. So you need to be able to cut some fat, save some space there. TuckerTN.com is where to go. And in fact, I just had email communication with Will about uh, them assisting me with my car insurance. They are helping me evaluate the best value for my car insurance. So I would invite you to do so as well at TuckerTN.com. After you conclude your uh, your interactions with Will Tucker at TuckerTN.com, you can head on your way home or on your way to wherever you are going and listen to our great podcast network that we have available to you. The Big Orange Podcast every Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. You can hang out with me and a bunch of our friends 
that come and hang out and give you great conversations on the 615 Sessions podcast. We just had uh, John Glennon from The Athletic, John Burton from News Channel 5, a lot of Johns, Jonathan Crompton, uh, yeah. former Vols quarterback who came and spent some time with us on the process that Tennessee is making, uh, and the Tighten Up podcast, the Preds Nash cast, also available to you. Once hockey, as we get closer and closer to the return of hockey, Alex Doherty and the Preds Nash cast is a great listen, I assure you. So make sure that you are rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the A to Z Sports Pod Net, uh, Podcast Network in Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Google Play. If you if you stream podcasts, we got you covered. Subscribe to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. All right, A to Z Sports here live on a Friday. We'll get to good news later on, uh, but talking about the Vols recruiting because right now they are ranked number two in the country behind Ohio State for 24-7's uh, team rankings. And we'll, we'll talk more about, and we'll get your opinions of what, where Tennessee should finish. But they've started a process because in April and May, they they added, I think, a dozen to 15 commitments, and they shot up all the way to the second-best recruiting class. And now they got to the point where they were had 24 commits. You can only sign 25 players in each class in the SEC, and so they only had one spot left. And Zach Reagan on that Big Orange podcast that you can listen to was talking about exactly what Rob says, attrition. And that they will start to churn the back end of that recruiting class. And guys, it has begun because yesterday, three star cornerback Nate Evans uh, out of Virginia Beach uh, flipped. He was committed to Tennessee, then he flipped over to NC State. It wasn't like a decommit and open my recruitment back up and then wait months before I commit to a new school. It was an, it was an immediate switch. It was a, I'm decommitting from Tennessee and committed to NC State. So if you read between the recruiting lines, that tells you that the Tennessee Vols coaching staff most likely told three-star Nate Evans, who was deeper down the list of commits when it comes to rankings, was said, hey, Nate, you might want to check out some other options, some other offers you have, and look elsewhere. So, Buck, how do you feel about that process of a school accepting a commitment from a player and then months later saying, player, you might need to go look somewhere else. See, it's interesting because a lot of a lot of different programs take advantage uh, or take different approaches to recruiting, right? There's been a big stink all through the course of the, the college football offseason with Clemson and the number one recruit in the country, a defensive end out of California, who decommitted from Clemson because their policy – down there in South Carolina is once you've committed to Clemson, you are no longer allowed to take other recruiting visits. Like you can't shop around once we have an offer. And Dabo Swinney is in the position that he can do this at this point. Now I'm sure Dabo Dabo's rules were a lot laxer uh, when they were trying to build what Clemson has become, but a lot of different schools take different approaches to this. And Clemson's is a little more hardcore than others. Yeah, Dabo hasn't had a good week either. Dabo hadn't had a real well. The Clemson coaching staff has not had a good week. And honestly, I want to. I'm going to save a Dabo conversation for another another day and time because I, I it's just going to get me annoyed and fired up again. Regardless, <laughs> and the, and the, the good people they had enough of that last night. Poor 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 our viewers for me freaking out on some people. Anyway, long story short, the idea of attrition, as Zach Reagan alluded to, as you as you have just discussed, 
it can it can look like a negative, but when you really dig down and what it dig down into what is being is what what is being done, this is a positive. You want to be you want to be uh, you want to be the uh, you want to be the hot girl at the party that can have that can choose several options and can start to turn people away. That's where Tennessee sits in the recruiting cycle. It's lovely. I, are you kidding me? A couple, uh, 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 and it stinks for the players because once you've committed to the school and you and you're excited about the opportunity to play for a brand and a program that of the scale of Tennessee, that's that's a hard thing to be told. Be like, listen, we got another kid coming in. He's probably going to take your playing time. You're probably not going to get the opportunity to see the field. Should probably take your business elsewhere at this point. So that stinks from that angle of it, but if you're the Tennessee Vols football program, this is the space that you want to exist in. You want to be able to turn three-star recruits away because you have a four or are in the hunt for a five-star on the horizon. Yeah, I think it's you have to be delicate with it, right? Because I don't know, Nate Evans uh, from Virginia Beach played at Frank W. Cox High School. Frank W. Cox High School in Virginia Beach next year might have, or the next couple of years might have a five-star player that you want to get, right? Did you say Virginia Beach? Yeah. Yes, I said Virginia Beach. Did you? Uh, I did. They I got did. close. Yeah, I know. They got kind of close. But but that, that high school that Nate Evans now is at right now and now decommitted to that you told to go out look elsewhere, they might have a guy you want in a couple of years. And they might have the same coaches that you already told their player that he's not good enough. Uh, for your school. So you have to make sure you do this the right way and you handle it early enough because it's June 5th. Nate Evans made his decision to move on from Tennessee on June 4th, where he still has several months and a whole senior football season to go through and find the right fit for him. Where I hate this because I, it, it is part of the business as Rob and others have said, where I hate this situation is when it happens the week before signing day, whether it's in mid-December or in early February. When a kid who's been committed for over a year to some school and all of a sudden they take away his offer and now he's like, where can I go? Because at that point, all the other schools of his options have filled their classes up and now you just start displacing recruits all the way down the ladder. Because if Nate Evans is told to look around right before signing day, now NC State wants to take Nate Evans. Now NC State has to drop a player. And that now uh, that player from that NC State dropped wants to go to App State. Now App State has to drop a player. And that guy's got to go to D2 where there might not even be a full scholarship available. Correct. So it's, it's a very delicate situation. And if Tennessee is going to do this, they got to make sure I would rather them have – like pull offers from three-star kids like in this summer and hurt the recruiting overall ranking and drop down to like eight, then build it back up, then keep it high and flip it at the last second. No, it's all focused on the big picture, baby. That's what you got to look at. This is the long play that Tennessee is taking. And this staff is, is, you know, they have not yet proven that they can be trusted with this kind of process, but they've done a damn good job of it. So far, and they got a lot, a lot of young, promising coaches who are involved in this. In fact, Ryan Niedemeyer, even even for somebody who is not attached or pays attention, I mean, I pay attention to the Vols because we talk about them, and I keep track of their day to day goings on. But even I am aware of Brian Niedemeyer, the uh, Vols linebacker coach, who they are going to have a hard time keeping uh, keeping here in the future because he is 
quickly pricing himself out of a, an, a, an assistant coach role with the right that he is able to help secure these guys. And what he's been doing, what Tennessee has been doing with, with Niedermeyer is that they've been continuing to give him promotions. <laughs> so he was uh, at one point, he was like an assistant position coach. Then he was a tight end coach. Now he's a linebacker coach. And so each year he's getting bump and pay in a higher level job where at this point, the next like really promotion Niedermeyer could get would be a coordinator job. And because right. he is so young, I feel like the Vols have an opportunity to hold on to him for a few more years before he is ready to go for a coordinator job because that guy is recruiting better than almost anybody in the country. And Greg is right. All of the Vols coaches are recruiting at the highest level right now. If you go look at uh, 24-7 sports, like top 10 coaching recruiting, you've got like four or five uh, coaches that are really highly rated uh, up there with Niedermeyer from Tennessee. So, okay, here's a question that I think you guys can really dive into about with where the Vols are. Where do the Vols need to finish in the 2021 class for you to be satisfied as a fan? So they're currently number two. Where, in your opinion, do the Vols have to finish for you to be satisfied as a fan, uh, but first, I'm going to tell you guys about Calvin and Subtle. Buck talked about it at the beginning of the show. Uh, his, his floors might need a little touch-up because of all the things he's been doing at home over the last three months and not getting out of the house. CalvinandSubtle.com is where you can go for all of your flooring needs. If you want hardwood floors, whether they're brand new or a little finishing up repair, they can do that. CalvinandSubtle.com is where to go. You see their number right there on the screen, 615-448-6414, CalvinandSubtle.com. They do a great job making sure they take CDC precautions when they're entering your home. They have a quick uh, process and and being able to complete the job. They're not going to drag it out. So you're not going to be displaced for weeks while your floors are getting redone. CalvinandSubtle.com is where to go. Uh, you know who else does a great job? That is all of the hosts on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network, including myself. No, uh, no, uh, no shade to the rest of the guys, but the A to Z Sports Podcast feed has for you the Big Orange Podcast my 615 Sessions podcast, the Tighten Up podcast, and the Preds Nashcast. It is a full-service-for-you podcast network that is available wherever it is you get your podcasts. We have a show for everybody who takes part in our live streaming shows here on the feed. And hopefully, if you find something that you like, something that you're used to in that podcast feed, you might be willing to try something else. You hear a couple new voices. You get comfortable with the A to Z Sports podcast feed because we have a bunch of great conversations going on there. So wherever you get your podcast, rate, review, and subscribe. Five stars on those ratings. Yes, absolutely. All right, A to Z Sports, the question is, uh, where do the Vols need to finish in recruiting for you, the fan, to be satisfied? So I'll run through some answers uh, that you guys, some comments that you guys have given, uh, and then we'll let Buck and myself give our answers. Greg says top seven. Rob says top eight, Kyle top seven, David going top five, Kyle adding uh, a different Kyle says better than 10 improvement is all I need to see. 
uh, because 10th is where the Vols finished last season. Kyle Hunt adding, uh, he says, top seven, but you got to be top three in the SEC. That's got uh, a lot of Kyles. A lot of Kyles. Yeah, yeah, well, that's just two Kyles. They're just two Kyles to multiple comments. But some at one point, we had a bunch of Jeffs and a bunch of Joshes. I, I don't know how that works. Jeremiah, Jeremiah says, the Vols are in good shape, happy with where they are. We'll talk about that here in a second. Jeff Jeremiah Rubio. also says 2022, we will be in the national title game. Vols fans living hot, riding high right now. Ooh, that is uh, maybe if Coach Doug sticks around. Uh, Jeff Jeff Rubel says, the way Tennessee fans are talking, they better finish in the top five. Charlie says top ten, but once we start winning big games, expect top five. Uh, Dawson says, need to finish top ten at least for him to be happy with the class. Third, Kyle <laughs> says, I just want to see improvement on the field. Uh, let's see. John Daniel London says top seven, though I think they do end up top five. We'll need nine plus wins for that top five, and that would need and would need the uh, the bowl game uh, for sure. So, uh, Buck, uh, uh, your opinion? Well, I, you know what? I'll add some more. Um, I'll 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 add some more context. Well, I uh, listen. I go you gotta you gotta you gotta trust me here a little bit with the recruiting stuff. It's okay. I'm getting discredited all over the place. You thought this was gonna be an easy conversation that I would be unprepared. No, I know you're prepared. I, I, look, you we hired you because we know you have a good work <laughs> ethic for the most part. So when I when I look at expectations for teams coming from the depths, and they have been at the depths that Tennessee is coming from. You look at the last couple of years of where they have been trending in recruiting. So in the twenty uh, in the twenty nineteen class, they were they sl- they finished slotted at thirteenth. Last year's recruiting class, or heading into this season's recruiting class, and we're we're citing the two four seven composite mm-hmm. rankings that I think are the most everybody would agree who pays attention to recruiting is the most reliable. So they finished tenth with the 2020 class, and now they are currently, in June, a lot of time to go before National Signing Day, but they are currently ranked as the second overall class in the 247 composite. Now, they're not they're not going to finish that way. There's just no way reasonably. But I think when you look at the trend and the progress that they're making, I think it's reasonable to expect them to finish within the top eight this year. The top eight, or excuse me, in 2021, the top eight in recruiting rankings if you assume progress, and there has been substantial progress given the profile of the recruits that they've been able to pick up at this point and will continue to, as you're talking about churn, the way you churn the bottom of a roster throughout the course of the NFL season, you're going to churn the bottom of a recruiting class the same way. Now that the balls are at this point, I think eight and and no lower than eight. I think that's a totally reasonable expectation for a program trending the way that Tennessee is. Yeah, and uh, Jeff Rubel saying that there's zero chance at number one because Bobby says if you ain't first, you're last. Well, Jeff is out here talking. Jeff's just here to troll. Which is fine. Like, I I still, I I mean, and maybe Jeff can answer this. I I don't know why Jeff watches our show. I like Jeff. I think he's funny. And I, I think he's entertaining. Jeff, why but, are you here? But Jeff, no, I'm serious because Jeff is an Ohio State fan. I, I can't remember if Jeff is a Titans fan or not. Um, but anyway, Jeff is here and Jeff likes to give his opinion. And I appreciate Jeff's opinion. So here is uh, the 20, uh, the 24-7 sports 2021 team rankings. And I've put that red box around the points number because the points are how the rankings are divvied out, right? And so you see Tennessee at number two, Ohio State with a massive lead over everybody else, right? And you see Tennessee with 259 points in 23 commits. They have four more commits 
than Ohio State does. You look at Clemson. Clemson is only seven points behind Tennessee, but has 10 less commitments. And so that's 20, That's the current rankings. I'm going to flip over to how the 2020 team rankings finished, where Tennessee finished number 10. Okay. Look, at their, look at their points there. 261 points. I'm going to flip back to now. 259 points. So 261 points got them 10th. The same amount of commits in 2020, 23 commits equaled 261 points. They have 259 points with the same amount of commits. So Tennessee, while it looks great right now, they have a lot of work to do because a lot of you guys said top seven or top eight or even top five, they got to get at least, at least 30 more points in this recruiting rankings to get up to where you see Ohio State at 290 points to be close to the top five. So I think realistically, Tennessee is going to have to fight like heck, to quote Philip Fulmer. They're going to have to fight like heck to get a, to continue to keep a top 10 class. It's going to be hard to keep a top 10 class because everybody else has barely gotten started. And yeah. so I think I think the correct answer to this question is they need to finish top seven or higher. Because what does that mean? So you outbid me by one. This is like price is right. Yeah, I know, right? One dollar, Bob. Uh, but, <laughs> but but for me, it's 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 they're gonna have to, if they have an average year where maybe they win eight games, they will be able to hang on to a top ten class. But in order for actual progress to be made, they need to get a top seven class, in my opinion. And how they do that is winning big games this year that has other big name recruits take more notice of. Okay, I see the recruiting changes in the recruiting progress, but I want to see the progress on the field. They can't get blown out. They cannot get blown out by Florida. They cannot get blown out by Oklahoma, by Georgia, Alabama. They've got to win one of those games, and they've got to be competitive in all four. This is, this is like a, a, a joke a lot of people are making on social media since we're all using different technology to communicate and to run our respective businesses. A lot of people are using Zoom, and the joke is, that with a 17-year lead, Skype is out here dropping the bag because they had they had such an advantage, and now Zoom is coming for the throne and coming quickly. This is a situation where Tennessee is kind of in the same in the same spot, right? It's uh, you, you've you've raced out to the top, or not quite to the top, but to to the lead ahead of a lot of these top-tier college football programs. And as you're discussing, the battle now is maintaining this class and continuing to try and add talent that we're talking about that you can churn the bottom of a recruiting class with. Exactly. This is the struggle that Tennessee now faces because it looks great. It looks great. Yeah. to log. If you're a, if you're a Vols fan, it is so heartwarming to log on to 247 and see them sitting just below Ohio State in all of this. But the reality of it is, as you're pointing out correctly, is that the, 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 the much more difficult battle now is holding on to these guys. Yeah, two quick comments I want to bring up. Bobby uh, puts a good uh, analogy onto it, comparing it to hockey. He says, they're praising the top 10 class and they have extra recruits. That's like comparing hockey standings when one team has uh, four games in hand. That's that's a fair uh, comparison there. Kevin says, 
the top 10 will be fine because Pruitt can coach them up unlike Butch Jones, which I don't disagree with. I think and one thing that, that Butch Jones uh, did not do was hang on to his players. Butch Jones had a high rate of transferring out of the program that Jeremy Pruitt has yet to have. So I, I think Pruitt has hung on to his players better uh, than Butch did uh, for sure. So one, one more comment. Uh, Ronnie says, my thing is, uh, is this, the Vols can have all these top five or 10 recruiting classes, but the coaches need to coach these kids up in order to maximize the talent period. Absolutely agree. Well, listen, this is, this is the greatest accomplishment thus far of Jeremy Pruitt, the way that you have seen growth within the coaching. I mean, the growth yeah. within the coaching, no, nobody embodies that. And I know a lot of you people hate, hate Jared Garantano. Like I know a lot of you have a, a strong dislike for Jared Garantano and I can't necessarily blame you after the Alabama game. But you saw the situation where they brought Garantano back into the fold. You saw the uh, the 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 ass chewing that Jeremy Pruitt gave him, and how how things kind of progressed and grew from there. That's a credit to the coaching staff as a whole, and how Jim Chaney and Derek Ainsley and all of these all of these parts that were still trying to you know figure each other out. I think in the early part of the of the Pruitt uh, the Pruitt era, if we'll refer to it as. I think that they have made a tremendous strides based on what we saw in the field last season. Yeah, I agree. It is these sports here live on a Friday buck. It is time to send everybody to the weekend with some good news. And I'm excited about this good news. I'm excited about this weekend. It has been a very stressful week for a lot of people in our country. Uh, so ain't that good news. We want to hear your good news right now. But first, let me tell you about renters warehouse. Here's some great news. Renters Warehouse can help you out in a lot of different ways. Not only can they give you an alternative to selling your home when you move, uh, because that continues to build equity in the home you own, which gives you that mailbox money, which is nice and helps you earn that long-term wealth. But if you're an Airbnb owner or rental or another like travel rental property owner and you count on, on tourism and business travel every week for your income, how about go to renterswarehouse.com and they, with no binding contracts, they can temporarily rent out your property for a few months. And then when things get back to being more normal, you can go back to being an Airbnb for those quick in and out travels. So renterswarehouse.com is where to go. Find out how much your home can rent for at renterswarehouse.com. Do that and then head to your favorite podcast provider and subscribe to the A to Z Sports Podcast. Network, Big Orange Podcast, Tighten Up Podcast, The Preds, Nashcast, and yours truly on the 615 Sessions. Austin and Zach have stopped by from time to time. We have a bunch of great conversations throughout that podcast network. So make sure you rate, review, and subscribe for content in your podcast feed at least four days of the week. It's a nice change of pace. and We're going to keep that those conversations going for you there on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. All right, A to Z Sports, good news. What's your good news? Jeff Rubel, who I still don't know why he's here. He did say he answered the question above, so we'll get to that here in a little bit. He says, good news. Universal Studios opens to the public today, which means I can go to Disney in a month and be a kid again. That's good news there from Jeff. Uh, Buck, I'm going to scroll back up to find the comment of why Jeff said why he's here, uh, but I'll let you uh, start off uh, by sharing your good news. Okay, so my good news is something that took place uh, yesterday on Lower Broadway and throughout downtown Nashville, and that was a handful of high school uh, students, high school uh, high school girls coming together to organize a peaceful protest of 10,000 people 
from Middle Tennessee and the surrounding area in the support of the Black Lives Matter movement, in the support of the fight against police brutality, against the African-American community. This was pulled off better in Nashville than I have seen almost anywhere else in the country. And there's been a lot, been a lot of bad stuff on social media lately. And so all of us are looking for any kind of good that can be resulted. But when I see protesters and uh, Metro Nashville Police Department coming together and being united in this front and being supportive of each other and all of us in the Middle Tennessee and Nashville community specifically, uh, that that uh, that gave me a little that gave me a little bit of the warm and fuzzies in a week that has just been so ungodly bleak. Yeah. It has been rough. So what's your good news this week? I, I found Jeff's uh, answer. Why Jeff Rubel, Ohio State fan who lives in Florida, watches our show based in Nashville, Tennessee, about Tennessee teams. He says, Zach and Austin are great entertainment. I like to bring these Tennessee fans back down to earth. They talk out of their ass and believe it. Someone has to bring them down to earth. That's why also the comment section makes them laugh. So now, the hero that we don't deserve, Jeff Rubel. <laughs> Look, I'm glad. I'm glad that, uh, that, that uh, Jeff is here. So, my good news is I, I I was this week was stressful because we run a business that is a social media business that talks about sports. Like that's what we do for a living. That's what Buck, Zach, myself, our, our other podcast hosts that we've been telling you guys about this week that we're excited about, and our future plans is to talk sports. But I'm my good news is that I am proud of our audience this week because our audience this week has been willing to allow us to change the topics and to have a conversation about uncomfortable things. And that is what's very important. It's for two white guys, me and Zach, most days to talk about uncomfortable things and also for you to be receptive of hearing our opinions. We've listened to your opinions. And I truly think that we, as the white guys who have watched this show, I think have grown a little bit. And the black guys who watch our show have helped us do that. And I appreciate our audience now probably more than I have in a long time because I feel like we truly came together as a show with Zach and I and with the audience. And Chad, thank you. Mookie says you're welcome. Uh, Jeff Rubel agreeing with that. Uh, Rob says we were all adults. And I, I agree. I think. I don't, there were some randoms, right? Like there were some outliers of people who maybe normally don't watch our show that came in and had some, you know, comments that were definitely not okay. Dumb. But for the most part, the season ticket holders from A to Z Sports, I I applaud you guys. I'm proud of you guys for how you've allowed us to approach this week. You have listened. We have tried to listen to you, and I I like it. It's Friday, and I and I'm glad we had it. Yeah, as Lewis Chesney says in the comment section, uh, it was pay pay it forward week, and uh, with uh, with Austin, uh, I filled up the bird bath with fresh water. <laughs> Thank you right. for my good news last Friday. My good news last Friday, Buck, because you weren't a part of the show, was pay it forward, do something for nice for someone this weekend, and pay it forward week. As many of you guys, and this was last Friday, like this time a week ago was very different compared to this time now, like. The George uh, Floyd murder had happened, and the outrage was at that point kind of centralized in Minneapolis. And I was just hoping somebody and, and people would do something great for others that weekend. And I'm, I, I think we've done that this week, and hopefully 
Buck, last night you brought up the uh, the protest that happened in downtown Nashville, which went fantastically. Uh, I think uh, I think we're we're progressing that direction. Well, listen, as a, as a representative for the brown guys, good job, white guys. Proud of the white guys. My this favorite. Week. Oh, my Hell yeah, white guys. One <laughs> one plug for Buck Rising's podcast that he put out yesterday, the six one five session that cracked me up because you had you John Glennon, white guy. John Burton, black guy. Julian Council, funny black guy. John Burton's hilarious too as well. But you tossed it to John Glennon, the white guy in the conversation, to lead it off, which I thought was hilarious. And then Julian called you out and says, just like America, letting the white guy talk first. I thought that was so funny, and you guys had such a good con- constructive conversation. Listen, as, as the representative of the brown people amidst <laughs> the black and the white I am sitting here and I am looking, I am like, so we start the podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. And John, John, I don't think the three of, I don't think I told any of the three of them that the other, the other guys were going to be on there. So everybody just kind of oh. logged into the zoom. They're like, oh, uh, cause Julian Burton got there first. And they're like, oh, okay. I see Julian always. Welcome. Ask the black guy here on the 615 session. And then Glennon pops into the chat. I'm like, yes, representatives of all kind. And then Johnny <laughs> was not prepared for me to go right out of the gate with him to the race talk. So I caught him sleeping and I said, Glennon, your thoughts on behalf of the white race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you said, I think you pulled a uh, Levitard show. You said, Glennon, what the hell? <laughs> Drew Brees, what the hell? <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, it was great. It, it, it was a great podcast episode. I, I, I truly suggest, uh, look, Vol fans watching the show, we've got three really good episodes that Buck put together, two of them this week. The Big Orange podcast was great. He talked to Jonathan Crompton uh, about Johnny Major's passing. He also had a great conversation with John Burton, John Glennon, and Julian Council about the race issues with Drew Brees. And also on Tuesday, your your conversation with Teron Davenport and Corey Blasting game with the Titans was fantastic as well. So props to every – look, I thought we had four podcast episodes this week. I thought all four of them were phenomenal. Yeah, in their own way. Start. Yeah, first, good start. first for week of the podcast network, you guys. We'll have a lot more of those to look forward to. That is your good news on yes. this Friday. All right, guys. Uh, hope you have a great weekend. Uh, I am playing golf this week, this, this afternoon, for the first time in 2020. So we'll see how this goes. Hopefully I don't lose too many golf balls. Well, in fact, you better sharpen your game because I got once we meet, once you and I meet after this, I've got a golf tournament that the three of us have to play in. So Oh, we, crap. You're we, right. We, I've got to start preparing myself because I know you and Zach cannot hold any weight when it comes to that. So I might have to. You, you don't know what my golf game's like. When's the last time you played golf? It's probably been like two years. <laughs> yeah, my point exactly. I've been around you almost every day for a year. I know you. I know for damn sure you. The only time you've been to a golf course is to hold a camera for us acting like idiots on a golf course. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. All right, guys, have a great weekend. Buck will see you uh, Sunday night uh, for A to Z Sports Prime Time. You also have three HL uh, coming up later today as well. Well, and actually, I uh, I told I told the guys at the Wake Up Zone that I'd come hang out with them for a, for a couple minutes here this morning too. So I'm going to go from here to there, and then I'm going to be back on your radio dial at 2.15 for a couple of minutes to talk with the 3HL guys. So there you go. A lot lot of overexposure. There you go. All right. Just more time for Buck to talk. All right. We'll see you guys later on. Thanks for watching. Have a great weekend. Peace and love.